this evening. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all you mothers, you ladies who serve as mothers. Um, it's an amazing thing to see the love of a mother. And uh, it's been said multiple times throughout years that if you want a picture of God's love is to look at a mother's love. And I believe that to be true. Uh, I think about my kids and uh, at times when I may not be as patient or as loving as what Brandy would be with them. Uh, I see that there, there's a difference there. and I see that at times when they don't feel that well, they, they don't necessarily want daddy and that's all right, but they, they need their mommy and they want to go to her and they want to cuddle up with her because there's something comforting about your mother. So you ladies don't get mad at me this evening. But I want to preach a message this evening with God's help on the M-O-M. And my three points are mop, mop, mop. <laughs> now those are acronyms. I'm not going to tell you to mop. But I want to preach to you this evening the mothers of Moses. Amen. The mothers of Moses. I shared this with Pastor Craig a little while back. And, uh, I was a little concerned this morning he may have stole my outline. <laughs> because I haven't had a chance to listen to this morning's service. But, <laughs> but I believe this is where God would have us this evening. If you take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. I'll give everybody just a moment to get there. A few verses here we want to read and, and we want to... God's help point out some things that we've seen in this text and share with you and I pray and hope that I can get it across the way that God got it across to me because I tell you it, it made me think of my mother it made me think of my wife it made me think of other ladies that I know that are mothers as I read through this text and I began to dissect it a little bit and began to dive into it a little more uh, but start reading here with me in the first verse and there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she called his name Moses. 
And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Pray with me and pray for me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. God, we need your help. God, we, we're stirred over this uh, text here. God, we're stirred over what you've pointed out to us, God, and things that we need to change in our life. God, Lord, we understand this is a Mother's Day message, God, Lord, but there's something applicable for us all, God, Lord, and we pray that you'd help us to get this across, God, Lord, in a way that'd be pleasing to you, God, Lord, a way that'd be satisfactory to you, God, Lord. I don't want to get in the way, God, Lord. I just want to get out of the way and point them to you, God, Lord, through this text here, God, Lord, we want to do honor your name, God, Lord, we want to lift you up, we want to exalt you, God, Lord, we love and appreciate you. God, we thank you for all that you've done, God, Lord, we're so unworthy to stand behind your sacred desk, God, Lord, but we ask for your help, God. We need an anointing this evening. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. amen. The mothers of Moses. We find here in the text that Moses is under the care of three different mothers. We find that, um, as I said earlier, that the love of a mother paints a picture of God's love. And we see that God has had a plan since eternity past to take care of his children. And of any good mothers that you know, any examples of mothers, I believe you would say that they have had a plan to take care of their children. I found this definition, I don't know whose definition it is, but I thought it was pretty good. I want to share it with you. Mother figures can be teachers, aunts, grandmas, mentors, stepmoms, or any woman who plays a special role in encouraging, inspiring, supporting, and nurturing us along the way. They don't even need to have children of their own. It's all about their role model and the bond we create with them. That sounds like a mother to me. That sounds like an example. So here I want to go down to the first mother of Moses, a mother of preparation. We find here Jochebed, who is Moses' biological mother, his birth mother, if you will. And we see that Jochebed is a mother of preparation. We see that it, uh, to prepare is to scheme, it's to plan, it's to lay out things in order so that you might execute things in a pleasing manner. She, she had prepared for this moment. Now, I don't understand and I don't know and I tried to look at my study Bible a little bit to try to find out when this decree came down that they were going to start killing all the male Hebrew babies after they were born. And you can read here in the book of Hebrews where Pharaoh talks to some of the midwives and he says, now as soon as they have these babies, you find out if they're a boy or a girl and if they're a boy, I want you to kill them. And they come back and they say, Pharaoh, these, these ladies, they have these babies so fast, by the time we get there, they're nowhere to be found. Now, I don't know if they were deliberately slow in getting there, or I don't know if the Hebrew ladies tried to hide their pregnancy, but as some of you ladies know, after you get so far along, it's awful hard to hide that. But understand that Jochebed was a mother of preparation. And looking at the timeline, I'm unsure of when the decree came down, so my mind began to ponder, and I began to wonder and look at all these different things. I just wonder, Brother Craig, if she would have went to Amram, her husband there, Moses' daddy, and said, now Amram, I believe God wants us to have a baby. And Amram looks at her and he says, Jochebed, are you crazy? Do you know what Pharaoh has just said? Do you know the decree that's been put in place? And you know that there's a 50-50 shot that we're going to have a boy. And she says, I know, 
And he just begins to look at her. It's probably one of those looks that I give Brandy sometimes when she tells me things like this. Just maybe looks at her a little funny. And she just says, I know. He says, I believe that God wants us to have a baby. And in that preparation... She's prepared for whatever may come. She's prepared for whether it's a boy or whether it's a girl. And she may not even know what the plan is, but understand that in her preparation, she was really following God's plan. In her preparation, it wasn't her plan at all. And I'll tell you, if you want to be a good godly mother, hey, you're going to have to get rid of your own plan and start following after God's plan. And you say, well, I don't know what God's plan is. Get in your Bible, begin to look and read and see how God would have you to raise your babies. See how God would have you to teach you children, understand that Jochebed here, she is a mother of preparation. In being a mother of preparation, I believe that she was also a mother of prayer. I don't know how you couldn't be with all that Jochebed went through. I don't know how you would stay sane if you didn't have somebody to turn to, somebody to lean on that was more powerful than everything in this world. Understand something, that in her preparation, I believe that she prayed. I believe she prayed fervently. I believe that she had an awful lot of faith. I believe I have Bible to back us up. You go over and you look in the hall of faith over in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, I believe it is, you find that Jochebed and Amram are listed there. Hey, I understand that there are only a few people listed there. If you look at it uh, on a large scale, there's not very many, but their faith to have Moses. Their faith to hide Moses. Their faith in all they did in raising up Moses. It put them in a place to where years and years down the road, somebody would say they had great faith. God would say they had great faith by the example that they led. But in her preparation, in her praying, in getting on God's plan and letting go of her own plan, I believe that Jochebed uh, had to have some faith here, had to do some things that were probably uncomfortable to her. I want to give you a couple of things here just under Jochebed. I believe that she had to have faith to conceive the child. I believe she had to have faith that God was going to do what was best. Now understand, I mean, with technology and medicine today, they can do all these funny things and uh, try to get you this gender or that gender. Now, get you male or female, I'll say it that way. Um, Understand that um, it is, uh, as you do this, there is no guarantee that you're going to have one or the other. So I believe they had to have faith to conceive the child regardless of when the decree came down, whether she was pregnant beforehand or pregnant after the, or got pregnant after the decree, I believe she had to have faith to conceive the child and to trust God that he knew what he was doing, that knew that he was going to take care of the baby, not only to conceive the child, but to conceal the child. Three months to hide a baby. I remember faintly the first three months of Ray and Remy being born. There was an awful lot of crying and awful lot of diapers. I don't know how you'd hide a baby for three months, especially living in tight quarters as I imagine they did as they were enslaved in Egypt. I don't know if it was one of those things, Brother Earl, she laid the little baby Moses in a shoebox and slid him up under the counter and said, I need you to be quiet now. Now understand you tell a little baby that they often don't listen. When you want them to sleep, they're awake and you, when you want them to be awake, they're asleep. It just seems to be a very contrary thing back and forth. But understand, I'm unsure of how she hid the child, but I knew she had to have faith to do so. 
I knew she had to have faith to conceal the child, to hide him for three months, to keep him put away, to keep him safe, to do all that God would have her to do. And I don't know if God told her when she got pregnant. Now listen, this is how it's going to go. We're going to hide him for three months. We're going to put him in a little boat and we're going to set him down in the river. I highly doubt that because that's not typically how God works. I believe God said, I want you to have a baby. So she goes to Amram and says, listen, God said we're going to have a baby. Amram's thinking, I really don't know about this, but sure, why not? I highly doubt he said that. He had faith too. He's over in the book of Hebrews. I don't want to discredit the father, but we are talking about mothers as sickening. But had to have faith to have the baby. And God says, I want you to have a baby. And then after the baby's born, they see that it's a boy and maybe they get a little nervous and then they saw him. He said, oh man, would you look at that child? Now I imagine Moses had to look a lot like me. He said he was a good looking kid. (laughs) Brother Earl. (laughs) No, but I believe it was more than physical appearance. I believe it was more than just, oh man, my baby's just the prettiest baby there ever was. I'll go ahead and tell you not all babies are pretty. They are to your parents, but you're not all pretty to everybody else. But they looked at Moses. Now, he didn't have a name at this time, but they looked at Moses. And there was something different about him. See, they'd already been through this at least twice. Aaron and Miriam had already been born. Now, I'm not saying that they were ugly, but I'm saying that they didn't get the same feeling when they looked at them as what they did when they looked at Moses. But I'd say at that time, at that moment as that occurred, God says, now we need to hide him. We need to conceal him. And Jochebed's thinking, Lord, you told me to have a baby and now I'm going to have to put him away. I'm not going to be able to hold him like I want to. I'm not going to be able to nurture him the way that I would do, the way that I have with my other children. I'm not going to get that special time that I got with my other three kids for those th- first three months or what have you. But God says, I want you to conceal him. I want you to put him away. I want you to hide him because there is a purpose in this. Understand something. If we look at the life of Jacob and we look at this uh, transition here as she gets pregnant, she has Moses, she sees him, she hides him. Understand there are some things that we can take and some things that we can pick up on that we need to do as parents in this day and age. I still believe it's a good thing to hide your children. I believe it's a good thing to protect your children. Keep them in close quarters. Don't allow everything and anything to come into their minds and and infiltrate what they're thinking and what they're doing. Understand, that's a good thing to hide your children, to conceal your children. You say, well, preacher, everybody else is doing it this way. I can't help how everybody else is doing it. I understand that everybody else was doing different. Uh, Other people had lost their babies because they didn't hide their babies. Uh, Other of the Hebrew ladies, they had lost and they had uh, been given over to death. And I'm not saying that the mothers willingly gave them up, but that's what had happened to them. They'd been given over to death, tossed in the Nile River. But Jochebed said, I'm going to do things differently because God has told me to do things differently. And she was blessed because of it. And mothers today, I'll tell you the same thing. If you'll do things differently because God has told you to do things differently, you'll be blessed because of it. So she had to have faith to conceive the child, to conceal the child, but she also had to have faith to commit the child. What do you mean commit the child? I I mean this, she had to have faith to give the child back to God. We've got to have faith to do the same. 
with our children. We've got to have faith to give them back to God, trusting that God knows what he's doing with them, trusting that God will raise them up the way that he wants them to, raise them up and put them in places where they need to be, where God wants them to be. Hey, we have to have some faith to commit our children back to God. I was listening to preacher brother Brian McBride I don't want to pass anything off on you like I came up with it myself but uh, brother Brian McBride was preaching it's been about almost 10 years ago now um, preaching at Taze Valley and he was preaching on the audacity of faith Uh, you go listen to it it's very very good Um, but absolutely Uh, but understand he was talking about Jochebed and he was talking about this little ark of bulrushes and you know what that is brother Earl papyrus and papyrus is paper. So he said he didn't believe he was too far out of line to say that she hit him in the word. Uh, that's a good thing for us to do with our children today is to hide them in the word and understand something. This isn't something that he brought out, but I saw this as I was reading and I was thinking about the text. It says that when Pharaoh's daughter came that she opened it up and the babe wept. So in opening it up, I believe that Jochebed hit him on all sides, concealed him in the word on all sides, made sure there wasn't a side untouched that she was going to cover her child with the word and the truth of God. Understand, mothers, there's things that we need to do that you would cover your children, that you'd commit them back to God and hiding them in the word. So she had faith to conceive the child, to conceal the child, to commit the child. But she had to have faith to cultivate the child. To cultivate the child, what does that mean? To grow him. Tender love and care. You see, after Moses was found of Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam steps up, very quick-witted, I do believe, says, you want me to go get somebody who could feed him for you? Knowing exactly where he had come from. She says, mama, mama, you got to get down here now and go feed the baby. And I read and said some scholars say that uh, they tried to get some of the Egyptians to feed him and he just wouldn't take to any of them. So they had to turn to the Hebrews. I believe that was just the sovereign hand of God putting him in the right place, putting Moses back in the right place at God's right time. But to cultivate the child as she kept him there at her house under direct orders of Pharaoh's daughter, knowing that he would be safe under that seal, under that assignment that she had to to nurse the child she cultivated him but I believe she did a whole lot more than just feed him every three hours or every how often I believe she began to tell him some things tell him about Joseph tell him about the promises of God tell him different things about what God had done tell him that God is going to do something that's going to bring us out of this place at some time I'm not sure when it is but I'm going to tell you about all these things so that you would know that there's a God in heaven. I believe that's good advice again for us parents today. I believe it's good advice for you ladies who are mothers hey, to tell your children, hey, I may not know when God's coming back, but I know that he is because he's been faithful to everything else that he said and he said he's coming back sometime and he's gonna be faithful to that too. Understand that we need to have some faith in raising up our children. Ladies, you need to be a mother of preparation. A mother of preparation. Number two, I don't want to get this wrong, a mother of protection is Miriam. This is Moses' sister. So, 
At this time, it's not believed that she had any children of her own. But how can we say that she's a mother? I'll tell you a couple things that Miriam did. She stayed close by and ensured no harm would come to the child. That sounds like a mother to me. A mother of protection. This is a mother figure, a surrogate mother, but understand here, if you look at the text, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. Now, I don't know how long she waited. I don't know what all she did while she waited, but I know she stayed, and I know she supported him. She stayed right where she needed to be, probably just within eye shot of the little ark of bulrushes as he sat there by the river's brink. Hey, and she, uh, I don't know, but I would imagine that she probably began doing some praying herself because it's something that she had already seen of her mother. And maybe every day she, uh, Jochebed got up and began to pray, God help him not to find the baby today. God help him to protect, keep him quiet today. Help him to only eat when it's time to eat and all these different things. So I don't know if Miriam did the same thing and said, God, help him be quiet. Help no animals come by this way to get him. Help all these different things. But she stayed right where she needed to be to make sure that little Moses was taken care of. And like I said, I'm unsure of what all she would have done, but I believe in the way that she acted when Pharaoh's daughter came along, that no matter who it was, no matter what it was that came along, Miriam would have jumped into action. Hey, And oftentimes I find that mothers, they may not be sure of exactly what's going on, but if they think their baby's in danger, they're going to jump into action. Hey, I'll tell you what, hey, I know somebody that I work with, her little boy fell out of a two-story window, and before she knew it, she was out the window too to get him. Understand, hey, that may not have been a lot of preparation there, but it was a mother of protection, Brother Earl. Brother John, understand that they, mothers serve just a significant role, and I'll tell you, oftentimes, at least in my family, if anybody goes to mess with any of the two cubs at the house, mama's going to get them probably before daddy's going to get them. A mother of protection is a good thing. It's a good thing to protect your babies. It's a good thing to pray for them, to stay by. Now understand, she wasn't right up next to him, but she was close enough to act if needed. Not all the time can you be right up close to your babies. At some point or another, they've got to step out kind of on their own a little bit and they've got to go to school or do this or do that and you can't be there with them all the time. But you can be close enough when they need you to jump into action. Hey, I tell you, it's an amazing thing to see a mother jump into action. Oftentimes, regardless of what the consequences are, I watching this video of some lady, her child, I think like 18 years old, 17 years old, something like that, had went to a friend's house to stay, and she said, we just don't let them do that. That's fine. If that's what you want to do at your house, I'm not telling you how to raise your kids. I'm telling you to follow after God. But understand what this lady did. Uh, so she's calling and calling and nobody's answering. And so she's going and she's uh, getting ready to bust the window out to get into these people's house. Breaking, breaking and entering is what she's about to do. Commit a crime to get to her baby. And her husband gets there and says, Honey, you just need to calm down just a little bit. We don't need to throw a rock through the window to get inside. But understand... A mother of protection. Yes, sir. The limits are often 
far, far out there on what they're willing to do to protect their babies. And that's a good thing. I tell you, we need some more mothers who are willing to protect their children. We need some more who are willing to stay by the way and stay by the stuff and to support their children and raise them up the way that God would have you to. I often wonder if Mary here just began to imitate her mom, to imitate Jochebed as she was there. I don't know what all Jochebed did during the day, but maybe she went back and forth singing hymns, singing praises to God, quoting scripture, quoting promises out of the word of God back and forth through the house as she prayed. Maybe she began to just Thank God for all the things that, he did, that he's done for you ladies that have daughters. If they were to imitate you, what would that look like? Amen. What would it look like if they were to imitate you? If they were to follow after your footsteps each and every step of the way. Now I don't mean just the highlights. I mean all of it. If they were to follow after you, would it be something you'd be proud of? Now, I know we've all done things that we shouldn't have done and we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. But on a day-to-day basis, are you doing what you should as a mother? We'll move to the last mother here. We have the birth mother of Moses, which is the mother of preparation. We have the mother of protection. It's a surrogate mother or a mother figure. And we have an adoptive mother. This is a mother of provision. This is Pharaoh's daughter. A mother of provision. Pharaoh's daughter provided for Moses. You say, well, she didn't feed him. Well, how'd she provide for him? She found somebody that could feed him. I'm not telling you that you've got to do things like your neighbor, but I'm telling you, to follow after the way God would have you do things. And I understand that Pharaoh's daughter is an Egyptian, obviously. I think that is uh, kind of blatant right there, but the resourcefulness of this mother is outstanding. Understand, she doesn't check with her father before she says, I'm going to get somebody to pay you and you're going to take the baby home. Her father is, if you're part of the royal family, you have a signet. You have something that identifies you with them. And that's just as good as daddy's saying it. So she says, I'm going to get somebody to pay you. I want you to take him home and I want you to feed him for however long until he's weaned and understand uh, in this time uh, they... uh, fed their, they breastfed their children an awful lot longer than what we do today. Uh, hey, probably about five years old when Moses was weaned. So she had, Jochebed had been able to cultivate him for quite some time before he had to go to the Egyptian court, to the royal palace. But Pharaoh's daughter is a mother of provision. And when I think of a mother of provision, I think of this. A mother who's able to take a little and stretch it an awful long way. It's amazing what mom could cook up with just a little bit of groceries. It's amazing how mom could take a little bit of money and make it stretch an awful long way and just make it seem like it, you've got more money than what you know what to do with. 
but a mother of provision. I believe there are some things that Pharaoh's daughter provided to Moses and understand something. We have no reason to believe that Pharaoh's daughter had lack of anything. She had no lack of servants. She had no lack of money. She had no lack of resources. But I wonder... Maybe Pharaoh wasn't so happy. And now, this is Smithology, so you take it for what it's worth. I wonder if she had to just continue to do with the exact same thing she's always had. The same allowance that she always got from the king. The same number of servants she'd always had. Wonder if the food that went to her part of the palace was always the same after Moses came. There was no more to come that way, but she had to take what she always had and stretch it a little farther to take care of her child. I believe if that is the case, I believe she did it over and over and over again, willing to stretch a little bit over here and a little bit over there to make sure Moses had what he needed. I understand we believe that Pharaoh's daughter nourished Moses made sure that he grew up and he was healthy and he had all that he needed to be a strong man, to be exactly, to reach his full potential, so to speak. She, she nourished him. Now this was via Jochebed. We understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm not going to get with you. I know a lot of people are formula breastfed, this, that, or the other. But understand, she nourished the child. She made sure he had what he needed. But not only did she nourish the child, she nurtured the child. You say, well, preacher, those often mean the same thing. They can. But also to nurture means to educate, to bring up, to train up. So, I wonder what Pharaoh's daughter taught Moses. Now, I know a lot of the things that Moses learned under Egyptian schooling were things that we wouldn't want to teach our children but I believe she maybe, just maybe, taught him some things that we would want our children to know too. You see, he had the finest education. He was able to write with the best, with the scholars. Now, we know the Bible says that he was slow of speech, so maybe he wasn't the best orator orator or speaker. Uh, we read over in the book of Acts, I believe it is chapter 7, that he was great in words and deed. So he had done a lot of great things. But I wonder what else she taught him. Maybe she taught him that if you need anything, you go to the throne room. Amen. If you need anything, you go to the throne room. You see, maybe she taught him, Brother Earl, that the king has all that you need. His storehouse is not small. His pockets are not shallow. Understand, I believe she may be taught him that everything that he needed, the Father had. Everything that he could ever want, the Father had had there for him. Hey, and the Father was going to give him the very best of it. Understand, I believe we ought to teach our children the same thing. Hey, when your little heart's heavy, go to God. Hey, whenever you need guidance, go to God. Hey, don't just go to God when you need to gather some things up. You need some resources. You need some supplies. Hey, but when you need some guidance, go Go to God. I believe Pharaoh's daughter taught him a few things. I believe she raised him up the best he could. She could believe that with all that she did, she nourished him. She nurtured him. And we look out throughout the life of Moses. 
and we see time and time again highlight, 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 highlight. And I would say it has not just a little part, but a whole lot into who raised him up. You look at what Paul says to Timothy over in the book of 2 Timothy. He says, stir up the gift that's in you. He says, but this gift wasn't initially in you. It was in your mother. And it was in her mother. Stir up that gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the heritage that's in you. Hey, the one that taught you to pray. The one that taught you to read the Word of God. The one who brought you to church whether you wanted to go or not. Hey, stir up some of that that's inside of you so that you might serve God better. Understand, hey, we need to have some more mothers who are willing to mop, mop, mop. We need to have some mothers who are willing to be a mother of preparation. Willing to do what it takes to raise their kids up in the way that God would have them to go and understand something. If you're going to do that, you're not going to do it by the seat of your pants. You're going to have to prepare for it. You're going to have to be deliberate with it. You're going to have to set aside some time so that you can teach your children. You're going to have to protect your children. You're going to have to protect them from all these other things that are going on in the world. Say, oh, you need to do this to be liked. You need to do that. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what, being popular is not as good as being peculiar. And I don't just mean weird. I mean being separated for God. Hey, being successful is not as good as being saved. Amen. Hey, being, oh, glory to God. Let's see here. Understand something. We need some mothers who are willing to protect their babies. We need some mothers who are willing to provide for their babies. And I'm not so concerned whether you provide them with the latest iPhone or with this, that, or the other, but if you would provide them with the truths of God, if you'd provide them with the thing of prayer, teach them how to pray, teach them how to get a hold of the throne room of God, hey, when they've got a need, hey, I tell you what, that'll do a whole lot more for them than anything else you can teach them. Hey, teach them to seek after God and to hold on to His promises. Hide your kids in the Word. Hey, I tell you what, if we would just have some who would mop, mop, mop. Hey, we'd be better off. I wonder, you ladies, if you're one of these mothers. And I know y'all sitting there like, you might think it's a little harsh, but I believe that good godly mothers have these characteristics already. Maybe you just need to rub some of the burrs off in these areas. Maybe you're not preparing the way that you used to prepare. Maybe you're not protecting. Maybe you're saying, oh, well, we've got them this far. We'll let them go on. No. I believe that to be true. I know that my mom still worries about me. If I'm going somewhere, she says, let me know when you get there. You know, like we're going on vacation tomorrow. I'm certain that when we get down there, I'll call her and I'll tell her. I say, Mom, we made it fine. And she'll be, thanks for calling. Love you. Have a good time. Hey, understand, just because you're grown doesn't mean that your mother is not your mother anymore. wonder if you're a prayer warrior or a planner like Jacob. A protector like Miriam. A provider like Pharaoh's daughter. I tell you, I came 
just a hair close to just preaching just straight on Jochebed because she fits every single one of these characteristics that we talk about. Uh, but I believe we have some mothers here that are good godly examples. I understand, remember, the three mothers that we talked about. There was a biological mother. There was a surrogate mother or a mother figure. So the child is not actually belong to you, but you are doing your part, standing in the gap and mothering that child because either somebody else is not or maybe you just want to provide. God has put it on you to provide a little extra support here and you're just going to stay by them until God tells you that it's all right to move along or maybe you pull back just a little bit. Hey, but if God has put you in a season for that, hey, stay by them. Continue to support them, pray for them, protect them. There's an adoptive mother as well as a mother of provision. I'll say this, if you have or had a good godly mother, thank the Lord for her. If you're married to a good godly mother, thank the Lord for her. You ladies, strive to be good godly mothers. You boys in here, as you grow up, look for good godly women who will be good godly mother to you children. Understand hey, that this is not just some thing that you're going to luck into. No, you're going to have to be deliberate about it. You're going to have to seek out a good godly woman to be good godly mother to you children. Understand that we need to have some more mothers who are willing to plan, protect, and provide. I tell you what, we're not going to get a song invitation. I'm going to close this out. But what, what I want to do is, I want to ask all you ladies, all you mothers, whether you're a biological mother, an adoptive mother, a surrogate mother, a mother figure, if you just come up around this altar. And I'd like us all to, if it's your mama, would you pray for her? Amen. If they're somebody who's, doing something for you, would you pray for them? Pray for these ladies that they would be exactly what God would have them to be.